You're listening to It Gets Messy, a conversation between two Christian friends working out what it means to follow Jesus outside of traditions and culture. His name is Vantage. My name is Hashim. In this season, we're discussing sexual purity and purity culture. All the good, all the bad, but mostly the ugly. Welcome to It Gets Messy. So, okay, Vantage, if you are a parent, if you are a ministry leader, if you're even just a mentor of someone, you do want to live out these pretty scriptures for yourself and also help other people. Doing it for yourself is one thing. Helping someone else, your child, the, the young person you're mentoring, the church you're leading, helping them do it is really hard. And I think for us, if we're ever in that position, uh, it's easy to reach for a purity culture. It's easy to reach for rules instead of the messy way, which is grace. So let's read um, three anti-purity scriptures that teaches us the way to, to purity that has nothing to do with rules. So let's let's check those out. Well, you might, you might as well, you know, we definitely want to specify anti-purity culture scriptures because right. you know, we, we are practicing Christians who believe in the Bible and we believe in the that the scriptures are the words of life and that they are what, you know, helps us develop our relationship with God um, and everything like that, where there is no part of this that is anti-scripture or anti-biblical, you know, concepts. I'm glad glad you said that. What I should have said is these are grace scriptures. Yes. This is grace culture, Uh, not anti, it's not anti-anything. Actually, these three scriptures that we're going to read perfectly work with the three scriptures that we just read. Uh, and the tension is how are, how are we going to decide how to put into practice those three scriptures? So thanks for that. It, this is not anti anything. This is pro grace, uh, culture. <laughs> Colossians two, 20 to 23. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why? As though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with the things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Yeah, this one, this one is a really powerful one because it, it kind of says, you know, these regulations have an appearance of wisdom and that's what purity culture rules have. They have an appearance of wisdom, but I think both of us, we could tell stories and we will tell stories about, uh, they, they had no, uh, value and restraining sensual indulgence. They, yeah. No right. value with it. Yeah. And he, and even, you know, I often have conversations with people uh, who believe that there are contradictions in the Bible. And, you know, this one is, is one that I, I come, come across and it's like, this is not a contradiction. Like the purity culture is very restrictive. Like Christian culture is very restrictive. The way that you be, uh, that you're defined as a Christian is by what you don't do. But, as you go through the scriptures, at least this has been my experience, my definition 
what defines me as a Christian is what I do, not what I don't do. I think this scripture gives a, a great picture of how, like, you know, if you define yourself by what you don't do, you're going to find yourself, you know, with the appearance of wisdom. So we we got to take it back to what does what has God put in our hearts, and when it comes out, what does it look like? If right. That makes any sense. We're going to tell a few of these stories in later episodes, but uh, we both have stories where we're learning how to love, which is something that you do. Learning how to love women has had a positive impact on our relationships and things like that. Learning how to be, to, to live with purity uh, culture rules did not do that. It, has, uh, it caused separation and shame and, and things like that and weirdness. So. Yeah. And even that concept, I mean, that concept is is revolutionary, I think, in, in single ministries, that as a single man, you need to love someone, a female, that is not your mother or your, you know, physical sister. Yes, you need to love them. And not just your Christian sisters, but you need to love women a holistic way. Like, our culture defines loving women as, you know, in one way. But the Bible de defer, uh, defines loving women completely differently. And we are called to live like that as single men. Well, we're not a single, but yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's what Titus 2 is trying to get at. Like, love these different groups of people as your family. But again, purity culture wants to tag on to with absolute purity. It's like, yes, but love these people as your family. And, and these things come to you as well. So Titus 2, 11, 14, 11 through 14, that's our second grace culture scripture. And uh, this one says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself uh, for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Vantage, I got to tell you, this is the, for me, the megaton bomb, drop the mic, grace culture scripture. It has all the things in it. It, it says, that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Like how? That's a mystery. And that takes working out. But I love figuring that out. And it tells us about us waiting for the present aid. The, the, um, I'm sorry. Us uh, being rescued from. Um, it teaches us how to live uh, self-controlled lives. As we have hope. And Jesus himself. Not us following rules. But Jesus himself purifies us. So that we can be a people who are eager to do as good. I would love to be eager to do as good. No rule ever made me eager to do as good. So this is like the, the drop the mic, grace culture scripture. Definitely. And, and I love, I love how it, you know, my, my, the, the word that is defined like the last five to eight years of my discipleship has been agency. You know, I love how it talks about how, yes, you know, the Holy Spirit teaches you to say no to ungodliness and to do all this stuff. And it's like, and God did this so that you could become a great 
people eager to do what is good. Like these are the things that you are. You do have the Holy Spirit in you and it helps you. You can do it. You know, like I it was like the first 15, 16, 17 years of my discipleship was like, oh, I'm I'm the worst of humanity and I'm I'm terrible and I and I have to wait for God to change me into you know something good. And it's like, no, God did that. Exactly. <laughs> I have become something good. I am a, a useful tool. But and it's like purity culture, you can never attain that status. You're always bad in purity culture. And you know, that's what I love about, you know, the Bible. So Vantage, what is our last uh grace culture scripture? Uh let's go to Romans two, and we're gonna read verses one to four. Uh you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Yeah, I love, I love the scripture because... Purity culture does not talk about God's kindness. The power of purity culture is God's vengeance and that there is no... Wait, know, man, say that again. Up. Say that again. The power of purity culture is God's vengeance. That's amazing. You know, if, you, if, you, if you mess up, that's it for you. Not only are you never going to get married, you're, you're, if you do get married, it's going to be terrible. You'll never live down the fact that you that you messed up, you know, and 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 you might as well just call it quits now. Um, that's not the God we serve, and and I love how it describes you know the the riches of His kindness, forbearance, and patience. You know, like this is the God that we were baptized into. This is the God that we follow. It's not if you mess up, I'm going to cut your legs off, and you're never going to reach your goal. No, it's do right. I'm giving you everything you need to do what's right. If you mess up, I got you. I got you. Get up and keep doing it. But we don't hear that in purity culture. Yeah. And, and one of the, the worst parts of purity culture is, you know, it made me pass judgment. I, I won't say it made me. One of the things I did in purity culture is I passed judgment on other people who weren't following the rules. Vantage, I'm not talking about Sarah. Talking about they didn't Ooh. follow the purity culture rule. So I'm passing yeah. judgment on them. And by the way, I, I break the purity culture rule too. And I sin also. I yeah. love the descriptors. Really? So really? Showing contempt for, uh, you know, uh, passing judgment which shows contempt on the way that God does things. Right. Kindness, forbearance. I don't like the new NIV or forbearance or the old NIV said uh, tolerance. I like Ooh. tolerance, but kindness, tolerance, yeah. patience. Boy, that is a tear up all your purity culture rules with scripture. Like it just doesn't make sense. And I and I really appreciate how in 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 my in my experience with the scriptures, God is not concerned necessarily with 
how you deal with everyone else and their sin. God is concerned about how we deal with our sin. You know, and it's like, you, you don't spend your time judging someone else. Because guess what? You are no less guilty than they are. So, you know, we, we're here to help each other and to guide each other. But to judge one another, God's like, listen, just get out of that business. You know, you know don't, don't invest any money in judging other people. Focus on getting yourself right and be an example that they can follow. Don't, you know, don't beat them over the head with how, what they need to do. Be who you need to be so that when they look at you, they see themselves like, oh, oh, that's a good idea. I would do that. But somehow we, we lose that. Thank you for listening to It Gets Messy. You can go to MessyForJesus.com for more information about the podcast and additional resources.